everyone, it's Chloe, and I'm so excited to share something fabulous with you, Vogue's first ever global fashion community, Vogue Club. Our members get to mingle with Vogue editors, yes, including me, and fellow fashion enthusiasts at exclusive events around the world. And that's just the start. Membership opens doors to the fashion industry, bringing you expert career advice and insider style and beauty tips. What are you waiting for? Head over to Vogue.com membership to join. And here's a little treat. Use code TRT20 and snag 20% off your membership. That's TRT20 for 20% off your ticket to Vogue Club. Are you in? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Run Through. I'm Chloe Mal. And I'm Cho Minardi. And this week on the show, Chloe got to speak with American Vogue's winter cover star, Sienna Miller, a woman who I think is absolutely fabulous. So I'm deeply jealous. You got to interview her in the Vogue closet. That must have been fun. I absolutely did. I have to say, a resplendently pregnant woman Ugh. surrounded by shelves of stilettos is just a dream scenario. Yeah, I mean, her Scaparelli look at the Vogue world event this year was definitely one of my favorites of the year. I think we discussed this. We all loved it. Yeah. But first, Choma, have you started your holiday shopping? Oh, I'm not a big holiday shopping person. I think my family and I agree. We just do Secret Santa. So I've already bought my one gift and then the kids get stuff. Okay. What's your one gift? It's my teenage nephew. So I had to ask my brother because I was just like, what do teenage boys like? Yeah, what what do they like? <laughs> Let the people want to know. I think they like Palace and like skate brands and like Supreme and, you know, um, and Stussy. I remember going with him to the Stussy store. And so there's some, you know, there's some crossover. I like the same things too. I, I actually have a pair of these Palace Uggs, but I, I'm not giving them to him. I'm keeping those and we have the same shoe size. So sorry, he's getting something else. What's your dream gift? What are you hoping to receive under the tree from Santa? I just, I'm always treating myself. That's good. Good answer. <laughs> What's so the last I, treat? Yeah. What's the last time I treated myself? Yeah. I got this very discounted Bottega top on Ukes. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> how about How about you? What am I gifting? I'm I'm very into um tiny things right now. A friend recently sent me as a thank you for something uh, a tiny shipping box with a little picnic inside of like dollhouse food wow. things, and it was extremely cute. And also, you know, uh, not to be too earnest, but it's it's a tricky time right now. So I'm 
very happy to be donating to, for example, for me, I am a big supporter of the International Rescue Committee. I endorse that and I love it when I get a gift of of someone else donating in my name. I think that's really, I think that's really chic. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I love holiday shopping. You're just, you're good at gifting. I I love gifting. Actually, I have to tell everyone, I I ask Chloe every time I want to gift someone anything. And every time I've gotten her advice about gifts, um, (laughs) they've been a wild success. Golden Globe nominations came out this week. Very exciting. They did. I feel like people are so amped about the Globes this year because we've had such a, a famine of red carpet and award shows. I think people were sort of like, were so ready to be like the Globes are over. And now I think the Globes have benefited from the strike. They're the first really big one back, aren't they? Totally. I mean, they're early too. They're the January 7th. They're the Sunday after the holidays. And they're sort of typically more raucous and a little bit more off the cuff. And I feel like they're going to be so, because no one's going to have had to drop to drink publicly for so long this is going to be quite the funny kind of I think I I can just imagine I can just imagine it's going to be completely a a wild show Barbenheimer not only led the box office but led the nominations so they are scooping things up and also you know other more independent films like American Fiction and Poor Things got nods um succession had a big moment didn't it for rosamund pike did she get a nod yeah she did and she was so good in that yeah she was amazing and tomorrow the crown second half of this season is airing which i am extremely excited about kate and will the early years which everyone's all flutter about yep yeah and um there was the debacle about the i don't know whether it's me just in my daily mail feed but the portrait, the royal portrait and the finger missing of the... Yes, biggest story of the weekend was um, Haley on Choma's team wrote about the royal Christmas card. And the the people love it, loved it. Traffic soared. And then there was a very funny follow-up uh, take, uh, which eagle-eyed observers noticed that there was a bit of a Photoshop fail. I th- believe Prince Louis was missing a finger. Is that correct, Yes. Emma? I had to go back and look at the portrait, and it, it's true. He is missing a finger. So funny. Were the British tabloids <laughs> having a field day? Oh, of course. It's just like catnip. Ugh, love. <laughs> The run-through will be back in a moment. Get balanced or thrive trying. My name is Les and I'm the host of Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to helping you feel your best. Join me for casual conversations about what it means to live a well-rounded life. I cover everything from how to make friends as an adult to how to create a workout routine that works for you to how to practice better financial wellness. Tune in for approachable conversations with wellness thought leaders and inspiring guests, as well as intimate solo chats with me for relatable advice. Follow wherever you get your podcasts and look out for new episodes every Tuesday. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. 
I recently bought a new pair of running shoes and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Shop by price, 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrances and handbags. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything or for grandma. Macy's has all the hottest gift ideas, like Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs, and more. Go to macy's.com slash gift finder to shop. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder today. And we're back. Chloe, so you got to speak to Sienna Miller? I did. We met on a quiet Sunday in the Vogue closet. It was right after her fitting for her cover shoot. Just after the interview, she drove straight to the Hamptons to shoot the cover shoot with Annie Leibovitz. And it was such a treat. We were cozy on that pink velvet couch. We talked in the Vogue closet. We were surrounded by soaring shelves of Manolos behind us and racks of all the pregnancy-friendly clothing she was going to be wearing on the shoot. Isn't she the best interview? I mean, I've only interviewed her for like five minutes (laughs) for the Cara story and I sort of fell in love with her instantly. And it was just like, um, the Cara Delevingne cover you did. Yeah, the Cara Delevingne cover I did um, for American Vogue in April. And I just found her so impressive and instantly we kind of like, she's just got the thing, right? She really, she has it. She makes it so easy and such a pleasure and she was so open. I really love chatting with her. As soon as we sat down, she told me she had just started to feel really pregnant. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, she's uh, peeing a lot in the night and we talked about (laughs) everything from that to her 11-year-old daughter Marlo and how Marlo is adjusting to the fact that she's about to be a big sister and I feel like many of us look to her and Tom Sturridge as these ideal co-parents and Tom Sturridge is obviously with Alexa Chung so we talked about how um, Marlo has access to two of the best wardrobes in London Um, (laughs) and it just sounds like she's really excited about this next chapter and the family she's building with her partner Ollie Green. Did she disclose whether it's a boy or a girl or the gender? It was a big reveal. You have to listen to the interview, Choma. Stop. Yes. I'm dying. Daily Mail, listen up. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is going to be a good one. Get ready. Hi, Sienna. Happy Sunday. (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. We are in the Vogue closet. What is it like fitting for Vogue cover when you're quite a few months pregnant? It's fun doing a fitting, although in the last two weeks I've woken up and I'm like pregnant in my head. How is this pregnancy different from 10 years ago with Marla? It's honestly been so much easier. Really? It's crazy because I'm not nearly as young as I was, but I have sailed through this pregnancy. Wow. Um, Yeah, I don't know whether you're just so perpetually tired being a parent already that you can just manage better with the second baby. 
But I felt great. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. This pregnancy became publicly known when you were on a private vacation in Ibiza uh, this summer. What is it like having... People take Very. photos of you in a bikini pregnant. Yeah. It's, do you know what? It's great. I love it. It was so funny. I'd got through the entire summer and I'd had a very decadent summer of traveling around and being on lots of beaches and I got away with it. That was the last swim on the last day of oh the my last God. holiday. You almost did it. Thank Christ it was like 5 p.m. and not glaring sunlight. Like the light was like... <laughs> but I was like, I've got away with it all summer. And then, yeah. Is Marlo excited? To have a sister? Yeah. A baby sister? I was a little oh, girl. Gender reveal by accident. I was going to ask, yeah. but there we go. <laughs> I'm having a baby girl. Um, is Marlo excited? She is now excited. I mean, it's so... She's like, this was great. Why would we change this? I've said, you know, can I put the baby in your bed in the morning? We're having it. It's like we've got a dolly coming. Oh. Do you have different expectations of motherhood this time around? I have expectations, whereas I had none before. Oh, interesting. I feel much more prepared psychologically than I was before with Marlo. I think I was so kind of present and in the moment. I was like, yeah, baby, woo. Where were you when she was born? Was that in New York? I was in London. Okay. And the reality was quite, it was quite a shock having a bit. I was 29 when I got pregnant and I had her at 30. And I just hadn't given it the thought that I guess it, I I guess you can't prepare for it. But it was quite a jarring And are you in the same house in London that Marlo was born in? No. Okay. No, we're in a rental because I just moved back from New York to London. And how is everyone feeling about the move? I am very happy with the move. Okay. I'm loving being around my friends and my family and... Um, and I've got a cottage in England so we can have like weekends in a bucolic rural yeah. setting. And then I come back to New York and I love it so much. But I think it's it's lovely to have a home in two places or to feel at home in two. What's a typical weekend at the cottage like? It is very cozy and it's lighting fires and cooking and watching movies and going for walks and nothing too exciting. Does Marlo love going out there or is she at the age where it's... She, she wants to it. be in the city. And she still loves, I mean, she loves being in the city, but she loves, I think she loves the, the pace change and she loves the coziness. How do you hope her experience as a girl and eventually a woman will be different from yours? Um, how long have you got? <laughs> she can self-advocate and she has the word no in her repertoire. And I think in the 90s, when I was a kid growing up, you know, God forbid you offend a man's ego by disagreeing or... And I just don't think that exists at all. And that's wonderful. You have advocated for yourself very vocally. I've learned as I've gotten older to do that. Did that come naturally or was that something... No. Okay. Because, I mean, you famously, you took on News of the World. Yes, That, that did come naturally. Interesting. For people who don't know, you sued News of the World... Yeah. Um, so then the news of the world shut down 2000 and something. I mean, in, in great part due to your lawsuit, yeah. which is kind of amazing. So I don't regret that. I'm very, very proud of that. I would love to have not had to do any of it. You have been very vocal about pay equity mm-hmm. and earning the same or at least closer to the same as your male counterparts. Yes. Has that been something that you felt has been successful? Has there been... Yes. Progress made? Definitely been progress made, for sure. 
I'm in an industry where it was it the disparity was enormous, but I think it was more important to focus on how that translates across the world in every industry. And I think that from my perspective, people are far more cautious because of their own fear of being mm. exposed to be incredibly misogynistic or unfair or patriarchal. Is that um, a result of Me Too, do you think? I think that definitely. I think the the exposure of that kind of culture of behavior has made people scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate, and I worked with Chadwick Boseman, who donated some of his salary to get me up to a number that I had asked for for a film that we did together, which wow. was astounding. And it's been a reckoning to try to realize your own value. Um, Are there women who've shown you how to do that successfully or been an inspiration? Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence made me hire her lawyer and she was just like, no, you know. (laughs) What is the worst thing a tabloid has ever printed about you or the most painful? Oh my God, again. I mean, not to... Yeah, this is really fun. (laughs) Happy Sunday to you too. They they hacked my medical records. They blagged them from my doctor and printed that I was pregnant. I know, I have to say, researching this was the first time I'd ever heard about a blagger. Which I, I, I presume oh, is a very full, British thing, yeah. but it's just a shocking yes. thing that that exists. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't believe that that was the case. I wondered if when this new pregnancy was revealed, did it have any reminders of that earlier oh, breaking of your medical I think, privacy? I think, in all honesty, they knew for months that I was pregnant. Oh, and they were doing And it. they were very scared to write anything. Oh, wow. Well, that's exciting. So that was quite empowering. I was like, there is no way they don't know because every single friend I'd ever met had known and I was really, you know, looking Well, there's a success. Um, I think they were. And and actually, I remember they were emailing my publicist saying, we've heard rumors, but obviously we would never print anything that, you know, and we just wouldn't respond. And Wow. So that, that did feel like a giant step. Because okay. there would have there was no respect for that kind of sensitivity of information back then, for any woman, it was a very different time. I have to say, I found it quite shocking after the news of your pregnancy came out that there was a lot of discussion online, which it sounds like you did not even. I'm aware of engage I mean, with yeah. about wow, she's having a child at such an advanced age, and I <laughs> thought, how old is Sienna Miller? I thought she was in her late 30s, and I was like expecting they were talking about a 50 year old, and yes. then. Many of my friends are having kids in their 40s, yeah, 38 to 45. And so I just found it quite remarkable that people are reacting that way. What do you think that culturally is about? I think that people are comfortable with a way of living that has existed for many years, which is very misogynistic mm-hmm. and patriarchal and anything subversive like me being the older woman in a partnership with a younger person or being pregnant over 40 and that that's irresponsible and the poor child it's it's such double standards and it's so I think it's so unquestioned in people's minds I don't think anyone's actually sat down and thought about it I think it's just a trite easy target but it's absurd I mean I was very fortunate I wasn't necessarily trying to get pregnant this happened um as a total surprise and biologically, wow. you know, was something that my body was able to do. And and I just find that judgment, it's so one-sided and it's so sad because... 
Well, it's so sad you know, for there other are women. Men, and we're like, woo, look, daddy, cute. Well, his... It was at the same moment that it came out that Robert De Niro was expecting. <laughs> and Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie was like, that's the dad's club. is <laughs> Al and Bob and him. Um, there are different sets of rules. And I, and I do think that it's got to change. It's really got to How change. How did you and Ollie meet? We met about seven years ago at oh, a wow. Halloween party. Oh, what were you dressed as? I think I was David Bowie. What was he? I have no idea. I love a Halloween meet cute. I know, sort of but no, but hundred one Dalmatian meets uh, right yeah. David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't remember if he was even dressed up, but we met there, and then I sort of saw him around a lot and thought he was very handsome and far too young, <laughs> but knew that he had a bit of a crush. And then I made it very hard for him. But we actually ended up kissing at the same Halloween party. Oh, that's nice. Seven years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Are th- what are the benefits of dating a younger person? Because you're right that there is such a gender taboo about it. I wasn't like, yay, you know, what I'm really looking for is someone 15 years younger. And he was like, you know, what I'm in the mood for is a 40-year-old woman. You know, no one was planning this. That being said, I do find that there is something very relieving about his generation he is the youngest millennial and i am the oldest millennial so Mm. technically we're in the same generation but and i'm telling everybody that (laughs) i think that the superiority that men my age and older feel um towards women doesn't exist in the same way it felt very much like a level playing field from interesting the offset and genuinely so and that sounds like an easy thing to say i just don't think there was an entitled superiority. Wow. And, and maybe that's specific to him. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you are, are a famously successful co-parent yes. with Marlo's father, yeah. Tom. Is there sort of Marlo's family dinners where it's you, Tom, he's now with Alexa. Yes. Uh, Ollie. Yeah. Does Marlo know that she has access to two of the great British wardrobes? We tell her. She doesn't. She's never going to give me that. I think it's might. she might be starting to cotton on to the fact that I have got an aesthetic and maybe it was appreciated, but she's still like, mm-mm. No. Um, Alexa, she is much more generous too because she's exquisitely dressed and not her actual mother. It's very genuinely very loving and cozy and great. How wonderful for her. It's ideal. It's incredible. We're very lucky. I'm thrilled that Tom is with her because she's and a special, special Are they woman. in London also? So is Marlo sort of able to yes, bebop? Yes, she's bouncing. Oh, yeah. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It worked out well. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What's been your favorite role Mm -hmm. that you've played and why? Ever in my whole life. In your entire life. Sally Bowles in Cabaret Mm. on Broadway. Because she is a nihilistic sort of tragedy that sings and dances. And my guilty pleasure is singing and dancing. What is the most challenging role? Sally Bowles. <laughs> no, I've honestly loved most of the people that I've played. That popped into mind because it was such a fun experience. I think um, I did a movie called American Woman that was very emotionally yeah. draining. And I loved it and loved that character probably more than any character. Mm. But it was very hard to imagine the loss of a child yeah. as a parent, as anyone. I have tended to be drawn to very dark material. Yeah. In spite of the fact that I feel like I'm quite a light person. Why do you think that is? I think it probably originated from, like, I need to prove myself right. as something serious because I was thought of as frivolous and trendy. Yeah. My formative youth was intense, very, very intense. And to have an outlet for some of that intensity was probably made me drawn to dark work. I now want to just tap dance and sing my way through my 40s. <laughs> Your formative youth while you, when you were first starting to act or before that? I think my 20s, okay. you know, my very public 20s. I was reading about the ages when you were first with Jude Law. I mean, you were 21. It's mm-hmm. just I know. unbelievable. Do you ever look back now and think, oh, poor 21-year-old Sienna. I wish I could tell her this. Yeah, of course. I mean, honestly, it feels like a different life and a different person's experience. It was right. all so surreal and chaotic. It's sometimes it's hard to connect that that's the same person. Yeah. I, I do have sympathy, yes, for all the women of that moment. Right. It was this frenzy before phones and social media, before all of that came over and changed the world. It was the last, like, frenzied moment. And I think a lot of people really derailed because mm. of it. I loved um, Anatomy of a Scandal, and I then remember reading the article about how you could hear your heartbeat Mm. in the scene when the infidelity is revealed. And it just made me wonder about how personally and emotionally invested you get when you're doing a scene like that. Like, is that actually you acting or is it drawing on something deep from in you? Yeah, I think that in order to, to successfully achieve an emotional state, you probably have to connect it to things that happened in your life. There was something incredibly familiar about that particular scene and dynamic and knowing that on the other side of that scene of him revealing an affair was a huge amount of tabloid attention and it was it was just very easy to sense memory yeah. I was surprised by the fact that my heart started to thump wow um and then <laughs> incredibly proud of myself <laughs> I'm like be. yes that's a story <laughs> for the press tour <laughs> When Marlo was a baby, did you bring her on set and were feeding her? Did you have that whole sort of I did. I trailer got, nursing experience? Yeah, they had a little tent set up for me mm. on set. I did Foxcatcher when she was... Oh, wow. She was little. She was sort of three months, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember doing a scene with Steve Carell and feeding my boobs, just getting bigger and bigger as he was, like, doing fantastic acting at my face. And I was halfway through, I was like, I'm literally about her. <laughs> yeah, so having to go and then pump. Apparently the pumps are different now. They don't go like, that sound. It's true. They're a little more discreet. Apparently they're hands-free ones. Yeah, but they look 
it's sort of insane. It, you look like a robotic versus person. a cow with the other ones. Well, that's I mean, true. Could it be anyone? <laughs> the whole world of babies has changed dramatically in the past Well, that'll decade. be interesting. Yeah. Actually. It's true that there's... It already is. you got to get a snoo. That's I bet what you I've have ordered. A snoo. Yeah. Yes, a snoo, a self-rocking cot. Mm-hmm. What are you loving to wear right now? Big, baggy, knitted, Yeah, what does Sienna maternity wear? I've tried to avoid buying maternity wear. Me too. It's very hard. It's very hard. I've found clothes in my wardrobe that will stretch. I borrowed Ollie's jeans for the Mm. first four months. I have now outgrown them. Oh, wow. Well, I was obsessed with your Vogue World Scaparelli (gasps) moment. It was a good thing. How would you describe it? I would have said kind of couture meringue. Yes, it was a couture meringue with your bump. With my bump. It was a cropped top with sleeves. Every area that you would want disguised as a woman was disguised beautifully, artfully by this incredibly created, like, masterpiece of art. And what was, how did that look come to be? And a big puffy skirt. Harry Lambert was styling everybody who was taking part in the show, and I was doing a little skit. And oh, yes, you were an usher. I was an usher, yes. And Harry Lambert, for those who don't know, is a brilliant, very avant-garde, creative stylist. Mm-hmm. And he had sent some options of clothes that he thought would be good. And that was the most exciting slash scary. Wow. Um, I didn't know I was a kind of bump-out pregnant person, but it felt incredibly empowering. Sienna, this has been such a pleasure. I'm so excited for your journey now to the Hamptons for your big shoot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and... Goodbye to everyone from the Vogue Closet. So that's it for the run-through. Bye. The run-through of Vogue is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis and Gabe Kiroga and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. We've all been there before. You're planning a dinner party or having family over or even just cooking for yourself when all of a sudden it starts to feel overwhelming. Uh, I live in a very small one bedroom apartment with a very small kitchen. I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. And this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. Maybe it's a last-minute party with no menu inspiration, a kitchen with no space, a toddler who will only eat buttered pasta. Name your dinner emergency. We're here to help. Here's how the show works. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. 
Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. <laughs> 